Hello and welcome to the First Baptist Church of LaGrange. What an honor it is to have you listening to our church broadcast today. We hope that as you listen along, following in your Bible, that you experience the grace and presence of Christ just as strongly as we do every Sunday in our worship service. May God truly bless you as you listen. Well, as you all know, Thanksgiving is one of America's favorite holidays. Unfortunately, in our modern culture, though, it is come to be more identified with the Macy's Day Parade or Dallas Cowboy football or even turkey dinners. But as I've kind of looked at things, it seems fewer and fewer Americans set aside the day to really give thanks to God for his blessings upon us. You see, Thanksgiving Day meant something far different to our forefathers. Our history reveals that our nation was settled by those who were followers of the Lord Jesus. So I want to challenge you not to believe the revisionists who are rewriting our American history books. Ours indeed is a very Christian heritage. The first permanent settlement, if you will remember, in America was at a place called Plymouth. It was settled by the pilgrims who were a group of Christian separatists who broke from the Church of England. I don't know if you realize it, but this Thanksgiving was 400 years since it happened. On September the 16th, uh, 1620, they sailed from Plymouth, England to America aboard the Mayflower. And before they landed there, they penned and signed what has come to be known as the Mayflower Compact. But while still on board that ship, they set forth that they wanted to establish a colony that was based solely upon biblical principles. Their signatures upon that compact acknowledged God's sovereignty in their lives and their need to obey God. They signed a document that declared they were establishing a new colony in the new world. And here's what it said in writing. They established this colony for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. And out of 103 who landed, 51 died that very first winter. And so after this harvest of that first year, Governor William Bradford proclaimed a day of thanksgiving and prayer. The custom prevailed until Abraham Lincoln made it an official American holiday during the days of the Civil War. Much of the secularization of America has done away, though, with the original meaning of thanksgiving. Because I would challenge us in America to ask ourselves, do we still see ourselves as a nation that exists for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. If anyone on earth should be giving thanks to God, it is those of us who are living in the United States of America. Someone has noted, and please follow with me, someone has noted that if you reduce the world population down to 1,000 people and put them in one city, it would have a very distinctive look. If you took the world's population, put it in 1,000 people, only 46 out of that 1,000 people would be Americans. 954 of those people would be from the rest of the world. Yet, out of those 46, they would receive half of the income of the entire city. These 46 people's life expectancies would be 75 or older, while the rest of the population would only be 40. These 46 people would eat 70% of all the food. And 80% of the rest of the population wouldn't even get a balanced meal. As a matter of fact, the garbage disposals 
of those 45 people or 46 people would eat better than 80% of the rest of the people. Truly, as Americans, we are a blessed people, amen? Truly, we have much to be thankful for, amen? But however, I feel that we're, and I fear that we may not be a very thankful people. You see, there's an encounter near the end of Christ's earthly life that has been recorded for all of us to read, which gives us kind of a formula, if you will, for how to really go about Thanksgiving in a way that brings wholeness and purpose to our lives. This morning, we'll be in the the blessed gospel of Luke in chapter 17. So if you want to be turning there, it won't come up on the screen this morning. But if you want to turn to Luke 17, you'll find me. As Jesus is passing through Samaria on his way to Jerusalem, he enters a certain village where he encounters 10 men who are lepers. And these lepers are crying out with their voice for mercy. Jesus speaks healing to them, which is very interesting, and sends them to show themselves to the priest, but only one of them out of the 10 return to give thanks to God. And Jesus asks a very penetrating question. Jesus says, where are the nine? The response of these 10 lepers is very revealing. And so the Lord Jesus shows us today that there are three actions, I believe, that we should take this very Thanksgiving weekend. I'm going to be reading in Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through 18 and 19. So I wonder if you just rise to your feet with me as we read from Luke's gospel Again, chapter 17, beginning in verse 11. Let me encourage you, if you don't have a copy of God's Word, there is Bibles, there are Bibles, and some of the seats around you, kind of underneath those, that'd be great if you want to turn that out. Matthew, Mark, and then Luke. And if you have a phone, you're certainly welcome to take that out. As long as you're looking up the Word of God, that would be our admonition to you, to take that out, because we want you to hear and see The Word of God, that's kind of what's most important, amen, is we're going to cherish the Word of God. So beginning in verse 11, the Bible says that while he, meaning Jesus, was on the way to Jerusalem, he, Jesus, was passing between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, 10 leprous men who stood at a distance met him. And they raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, He said to them, go and show yourself to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now, one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we are deeply, deeply thankful for our country. But God, more importantly today, we're thankful for the healing power that you have to save us from our sin, to save us from disease, Lord, to save us from all the things that sin really tries to take from us. We're grateful to be gathered in a country, God, today and in this church today where we still have freedom. 
We're grateful, God, that we have your word, that we can read it and hear it in our own language today. There's so much to be thankful for. Through the power of your spirit today, would you remind us to get back to Thanksgiving? And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can be seated. Here's the first thing we kind of learned today. And you can write this down. It's not necessarily going to come up on the screen. You've got to listen closely today. Here's the first thing. Get up. Get up. It has to do with fortitude. Because if we don't get up, we may miss the master. So get up. This has to do with fortitude. If we don't, we may miss the master. There in verses 11 through 13, the scripture says this. It, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, right? And he's passing between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered this village, verse 12 tells me that 10 leprous men, they're standing now at a distance. And they raise their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Do you get that picture? Do you see that Jesus is passing through a certain village and is met by 10 lepers? Now, you've got to understand these lepers have heard the reports. They've, they've heard the strange rumors about how Jesus can heal leprosy. So they're standing afar away because law told them they couldn't get close. You and I now have an appreciation for lepers. You and I now in this country have an appreciation that you just can't get too close. As a matter of fact, lepers had to stay six feet away from other people. We kind of understand that, right? If the wind was blowing, a leper couldn't come within 50 yards of a person. If someone inadvertently approached them, they were commanded to clap their hands. They had wooden boards on their hands. They were commanded to clap those together, saying, unclean, unclean, to warn people not to be around them. But it's interesting here. What did these lepers do when Jesus passes by? Well, the Bible tells us that they stood up. They had to get up. That showed a great amount of fortitude because you got to think about it. They began to, to shout, Jesus, have mercy on us. Now, they didn't sit there in hopelessness. They used their courage and they got up because they didn't want to miss the master. You see, sometimes you and I have to cry out. Sometimes we have to cry out to Jesus in desperation. I mean, it was after they cried out and after they got their fortitude together that the Lord then noticed them and if you don't get up and cry out sometimes today, you may miss the master as well. I'm trying to tell you, have some fortitude, have some courage, and just get up and cry out to Jesus, amen. You see, look at them, and those 10 lepers, they're all alike. They're all lepers. They all suffer from the same hideous disease. I don't want to gross you out, but I want to remind you that leprosy attacks the face first. It erases all facial features first. It literally eats the skin off the face, and then it moves to the fingers and gnaws the fingers away, and then the hands become frozen into claws, and then they simply, listen to me, they simply just fall off. Their feet are, are filled with sores and become bandaged stumps before simply their, their, their feet simply just fall off. You can imagine all of that rotting skin, the, the odor is nauseating. Their appearance is very ghastly. You see, the leper had no competitor for ugliness. The leper had no competitor for the funk that surrounded them. The leper suffered, suffered a fate of a long, slow, agonizing death, lived out somewhere in a leper colony, isolated from friends and family. 
The leper was an outcast. He was shut off. A leper in the first, simply, first century was simply an abandoned bit of human wreckage living in despair. Now, all these 10 men had a desperate determination to live, though. Do you see that? Though their future seemed futile, these particular men refused to give up. When they heard that Jesus was passing by, they decided to get up and they all decided to see him. They appealed to Jesus for help. And it's interesting to me, and yes, I'm making a comment. They appealed to him for mercy and not justice. They appealed to him for mercy. They did not ask Christ to bless them on the basis of what they deserved. They simply cried out to Jesus for mercy. The Lord Jesus was passing by and there were 10 men who got up with fortitude and because they got up, they didn't miss the master. So is there anyone here this morning that feels like you're sitting by the side of the road and you just don't know where else to turn? Can I tell you that Jesus is passing by this morning and he wants you to get up and get back to him. He wants you to get up with fortitude and simply cry out to him. Time and time again, Jesus may have passed you by. And you may not have the courage this morning to think that you can call out to again, but I want you to know that you can. Jesus Christ is near this morning. If you didn't bring him with you, I brought him with me, but I know some of you had to, amen? I brought Jesus with me. Listen, do you know this? Did Jesus will forsake social distancing for you? Did you know that Jesus Christ, knowing you and all your, your disease and all your smell and all whatever you feel like you, Jesus Christ will leave all that to come close to you and he will touch you and he will hear you if you cry out. Jesus Christ will grab a hold of you and he will embrace you. He'll love you if you just simply call out to him as your master. But you have to get up. Because that's to do with fortitude or you may miss the master. So let me speak just a moment. To some of you that may be listening by way of radio or by way of internet, let me caution and set this stage here just for a moment. If you have a sickness or you're very uh, high tolerant in the sense that, that this COVID thing could wreck you or really could cause you complications, I'm not speaking to you. But if you don't and you're still at home, and you're for still forsaking the gathering of the assembly of the saints, can I tell you just to get up and have some courage, or you indeed may continue to miss the master. There's something incredibly important and incredibly biblical about gathering together as the saints of God. If you don't have a reason, listen, if you have a reason to be at home, you're afraid because your tolerance levels are low. I get that. Hey, if you're up there, and you, I, I totally understand. Please stay home. But I know there are far too many of us who just decided to take a vacation. And we need to get up and get some fortitude. You may miss the master. You may miss what God's doing in his body. We need you here. I need you. I need you. So can I just challenge you to get up or with fortitude, you may miss the master. Here's the second thing. Not only do you get up, but you got to get out. Get out. This has to do with attitude because if we don't, we may miss the miracle. You might miss the master if you just kind of stay there. But if you don't get out, this has to do with your attitude. And if you don't, you may miss the miracle. Look in verse 14, if you will, the text. It says, when he saw him, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Do you see that? Do you get this mental picture? 
Not only do these men have to get up, but now they have to get out. They have to obey, which is, which is evidence of the fact that now they're starting to trust Jesus. What an attitude. They were not healed at that particular point because at the point that they were spoken to by Jesus, they were still lepers. You see, a leper was to show himself to the priest, listen to me, after he had been healed. It, it took faith for these three men to get up and now act in obedience to God's word and to show themselves to the priest while they were still lepers. And thus the Bible says, as they were going, as they were going, they were cleansed. Do you see the attitude? Do you see what's happening here? Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. That presented a problem for the lepers. Only cleansed lepers were to do this according to Leviticus chapters 13 and 14. To hear the command of Jesus is one thing, but to get up and obey it is quite another. You see, implicit in this command is if you would trust me and do what I say, you will be healed. At this point, though, they were still lepers. Thus, it all boils down to one simple fact. The only way to test the value of Christ's words is to obey them. That's the only way you will ever know if this book is true is if you simply do it. And so they take him at his word and they get out. What an attitude of faith. They start to walk. They get up and go out by faith on the word of Christ that they had not even seen come to pass. So can you imagine, it's kind of like having COVID and Jesus says, hey, go show yourself to the church. <laughs> You're like, I can't go to church. I'll get everybody infected. But Jesus said, hey, go show yourself. It's like, well, do I really have the faith that he's going to make me well before I get there? It's kind of where we're at. But then it happened. This is the way it is with the word of, of, of faith in God's word. It's that we simply obey first and then God brings things to pass. A lot of us want God to show us first and then we'll obey. But, but Jesus says, no, I'm telling you this is going to happen. You just trust me. So it's like Abraham and Isaac, right? We have to obey Jesus to the point that even if what he said is, is going to happen, it dies. We've got to know that Jesus can even raise that from the dead. Many of us here live in these verses. We have a word from God, but we've not seen it yet. In other words, God's spoken a promise to you and maybe for your family, and you're just clinging to that, and you haven't seen it yet. I'm telling you, if God's giving you his word, it's going to happen, amen. It's going to happen, amen. You just got to get up and then get out and hold on with an attitude. But listen to me. We're not going to let just give up, are we? We're going we're gonna to get up, and we're going to get out. And too many lepers never start walking until they can see their healing. And I want you to see that we spend our days lost and we spend our days hopelessly wandering around hoping something will happen. But the Bible says, as they went, they were cleansed. You need to understand that the language of the New Testament here is in the passive voice. And so it leaves no doubt that it was God who performs a miracle here. All of them on the way as they went were cleansed. Think about this. All they had was the word of Jesus. They didn't have medicine. They didn't have some recovery place. All they had to go to the priest, all they had was the word of Jesus. That's all they had. Think about that. So they walked in faith. As they were going, they were cleansed. And, and you and I get up and get about doing what the Lord's asked. We'll see his word come to pass in our lives and often in miraculous ways. So you're there this morning. I mean, has the Lord spoken to you from his word and you're just now walking, hoping and just wishing and wanting it to come to pass? Are you there? 
Are you headed somewhere that Jesus said go and show you? Are you headed somewhere with God's word waiting? I know some of us are. And I want to encourage you today, don't give up. You hang in there. God's word will come to pass. Can I just apply that to where we're at with our buildings? Can I just let you know that there's no way on God's green earth that this building is going to be finished unless God does a miracle? Unless God just suspends the natural activities of the way we see things happen and God does something that we can't do, it won't happen. We've got ourselves perfectly placed to trust God like never before, amen? But all we do have, all we have right now is we don't have the sale of a building. We don't have a bunch of people that have millions of dollars. All we have is the fact that God said build the building. That's all we have. And I'm here today to tell you, if God has said that he can heal lepers, they get up and they just go, they, they, they can heal. God can speak a word today and say, I know you don't have money, but I'll provide it somehow. Amen. That's the way our God works. I'm telling you, today, listen to me. We've got to have the attitude that says, if we don't get out there and trust God, we may miss the miracle. But I'm here today to tell you, that's not my God. He's not going to leave me hanging. I know I'm trusting God for this building, aren't you? Listen to me. So let's put this down in my life. If I can trust God for that building, can't you trust God for what else he's doing in your life? You can trust God. Amen. Kenneth, I'm trusting God that you're going to be healed, brother. You're here today and we pray. Jesus has spared your life, brother. I'm going to keep praying. You're going to be healed. I'm not name it and claim it. I'm just saying I know that either here or in heaven you're going to be healed. I'm trusting God for that, but I'm trusting God in my life for for things in my life. I've got things I'm praying for for my daughters. Does anybody get any prayers for your kids that you're praying that you just haven't seen come true, but you're trusting, you're holding on to Jesus to give that to you. Can I encourage you, don't give up. His word is going to come to pass. The prodigals will come home. Can I just tell you that you've got a financial need. Some of you have been laid off. Some of you have had some things happen. There's something, and you're just like, God, you said if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat while I'm working. Can you please help me to pay the bills? And you're just like, God, you said if I trust you and put my faith in you that you'll provide all this stuff. Oh, Jesus, I'm looking for you to provide. Are you there? Listen, I'm telling you, if Jesus has spoken a word, it will come to pass. You will see the miracles. You've got to get up with fortitude. You may miss the master. You've got to get out with attitude or you may miss the miracle. But here's the third thing. You've got to get back. This has to do with gratitude. Because if you don't, you may miss the moment. You've got to get back. This has to do with gratitude. If not, you may miss the moment. Because in verses 15 through 19, look with me. It says, now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice, and he fell on his feast his face at Jesus' feet, he gave thanks to him. And, and this is not miscellaneous information, and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered and said, where, where, were there not ten of you? Where the other nine? I mean, really, where, where are they? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except, except this foreigner? He said to him, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. These are all lepers. And every single one of these lepers called out on the name of Jesus. Every single one of these lepers stepped out in faith. And every single one of these lepers were healed. They all got up. And they all got out. But that's where it all changes. I mean, stand with these lepers on the road for a moment. I mean, they look at themselves and, and they're walking and they begin to look and notice that something's changing in their bodies. I don't know if you can appreciate this. 
You, you go from one moment that your arms and your face is rotting and falling off to the next thing you realize is you have an arm. And the next thing you do is the flies that were flying around you, irritating you, you go to kind of brush it and you realize, wait, that's the tip of my nose. Wow, wait, I can fit. Can you appreciate what's happening? The Bible says that they begin to realize that they are clean, that they're, they're healed, and they're, they're amazed. They begin to, watch this, hug one another for the first time. Can you imagine touching somebody for the first time? They're probably, I'm using sanctified imagination here, but I, but I, one of them begins to say, hey, 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 I haven't, I haven't, I hugged you, but I haven't hugged my wife in months. And a moment later, we see him running down the road toward his home to hug his wife. Another says, man, I've got a newborn son and I got this leprosy. I've never seen my newborn son. I don't know, but man, I can't wait. I can go touch him now. So he takes off down the road and he's gone. Can you imagine another quickly says, well, I haven't been to my shop in almost a year. I don't know how my business is really doing. I started it by faith and, and I just can't wait to go back and see it. So he takes off and, and goes back to his shop. And one by one, they all begin to realize something that they've missed so deeply and they, they head off toward it. And every one of them run off, but, but wait a minute, there, there's that one. He's still there. Just one and he's left there standing in the road by himself and the other nine, we, we know, are never heard from again. Well, they got up and they got out, but they just never got back to Jesus. I mean, look at that one solitary man who this leper who's healed now, he's standing in the road, and he too's looking down the road toward his house. For he too has a family. He, he too has a business. He too has friends who he longs to, to hug, and, but there's something more pressing because he has to get back. Because you see, this has to do with gratitude. Because if he doesn't get back to Jesus, he may miss the moment. Is there anyone on that road today? I'm just kind of curious. I mean, is there anyone that, that will, once you were in a crisis, once you got up and you called out to God for mercy, and at one time you trusted God by faith, and he did the miraculous in your life, and you took off, but you just haven't got back to Jesus. I mean, once you walked by faith and then once the blessing come, maybe it is it's so easy to appreciate the blessings, but never to get back with gratitude. Because listen to me, if we don't get back, we're going to miss an incredible, important moment in our lives. The Bible says, and one of them. I'm sorry to tell you, I don't know his name. He's simply referred to as one of them. His name is left off because he belongs to that vast company of people who live their beautiful lives and do worthwhile things without ever telling us who they are. We don't know his name, but I can tell you today what he's saying. He's saying, get back. He's shouting, get back, because it has to do with gratitude. If we don't, we might miss the moment. Look at this guy. It says there in verse 15 that with a loud voice, he glorified God. Why was he so demonstrative? I mean, as I was studying this text, I tried to put myself on the, on the road with him as he stands there. And I may be thinking, dude, I, I'm with you, man. I'm shouting loud with you, too. I mean, this is a miracle. Praise God. This is, I mean, I would be like, y'all know me. I'd be like, whoa, let's have a party, man. Some might be like, hey, this is so miraculous. Jesus has been so good to you. Jesus has been so merciful to you. Jesus is so powerful. He's so loving. Let's just break out a guitar or a piano and let's just sing. Let's just do a, a big old praise fest. Let's get, on. let's just get on our faces and let's just worship the Lord. I mean, a leper has been healed. 
I mean, this guy is a leper. He could never get to the temple and worship God. But he's also a Samaritan and didn't really stand a chance anyway. But somehow he got near to Jesus and he was healed. I'm praising God. I mean, think about this. Jesus came to seek and save the lost and all the people in the world he came to save. And this is now a Samaritan that's getting in on this. This is a big deal. And I'm like, man, there's so many people that I, that I can see that don't have leprosy. They have a disease that's far worse than leprosy, and it's called sin, and we've been healed by Jesus. So we all can relate to this, and we can shout and, and fall on our faces and thank the Lord in services, right? Right? Others, though, may have been putting their arm around him and saying, hey, bro, you need to chill out. What you got to be so loud for? Why is your music got to be so loud? I mean, why the, the songs you sing got to be so loud? I mean, come on, can't you just... It says here, though, he cried out in a loud voice. Some aren't comfortable with loud hallelujahs. Some haven't really been forgiven or healed, so they really don't know what we're doing anyway. But for others, it may have been really a too far stretch of time before you really have sensed the master's hand. For some, we've forgotten exactly what we've been saved from. We know what we've been saved to, but many of us have simply forgotten what we've been really saved from. We've forgotten what it's like to be a leper, if you will. For some, we've taken the Lord's grace and goodness for granted, right? So why is it that so many of us are like the 10 who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus when we're in times of need, but so few of us forget to loudly praise him and thank him on a daily basis. You see, this, the Bible tells me this man went back and fell down in his face at Jesus' feet and gave him thanks. And do you see anything different here? I don't know maybe if you catch it because you didn't study it like I did, so you're not supposed to catch it. That's why you have me to help you catch it. But the Bible starts out there, and it says this. It's interesting. In verse 12, it says, as he entered a village, 10 leprous men stood at a distance to meet him. But then if you'll notice in verse 16, now he falls on his, at his feet. You know what changes when you're standing from a distance to Jesus to when you fall on at his feet? You know what brings that change? It's called Salvation. Salvation is the only thing that can bring us close to Jesus. Being saved from the disease of sin is the only thing that bridges the gap between us. It's the only thing that can bring us, and I think this is amazing. The Bible says that he was a Samaritan. When I looked there and I studied that, and it says this in verse 16, it says, and he was a Samaritan. In the original language, it's in the emphatic. In other words, it says this, and he, even he, this guy, he, was a Samaritan. It's, it's pointing to the fact that he wants us to notice that this guy was a Samaritan. Here was a man that was distant to the covenant promises. He wasn't like the people of God who got to know the promises of God. He was an outcast. He was like the woman in Samaria or the, the man on the Jericho road. But here we see the missionary heart of our Lord Jesus. This man was a Samaritan, but yet now he came to faith in Jesus. And we see that he didn't miss his moment because watch. The Bible says in verse 19, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. Do you see the difference? Not only did he get cleansed from his leprosy, but now he finally gets cleansed from his sin. 
And listen to me, if we don't get back, we may miss our moment too. There's something deeper the Lord wants to do in our work of sanctification as believers that if we don't get back with gratitude, we may miss our moment. The Lord isn't done when he sends you away healed. He wants you to get back with thanksgiving because there's more he wants to give to us, amen. And we might miss it if we don't get back. The Bible says, listen to me, in Philippians, that if we put our mind upon those things that are noble and just and praiseworthy and good and have good report, it's then the peace of God that's with us. When we get back to thanksgiving and present our request to him with thanksgiving in our heart, the Bible says the peace of God comes upon us. There's a blessing. There's a moment waiting when we get back with gratitude. We can't just stay with the attitude of faith and we can't just get up with this courage. We've got to get back. So the Bible says that faith, his faith meaning, well, what is faith? Well, faith has been said is forsaking all, I trust him. Faith in Jesus that he can do what he said. If Jesus Christ can speak a word, and he can heal this leper of his sin. Jesus Christ can speak a word to you today and forgive you of all your sin. You, you can trust him just like they did by faith. Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I can really see this. I, don't, I need to kind of see it before I believe it. Well, they didn't. They had to believe it before they saw it. And that's the same thing with you today as we're given the gospel. The fact that the Bible says that we are all separated from God. We've all sinned against God. There's, there's none of us that are righteous. No, not one. None of us can get back to God. We're separated and deserve punishment in a place called hell. That's not really good news. That's the bad news. But the good news is that Jesus says, I love you so much. And I want to forgive you so much. That, listen to me. I died upon a cross. I paid for your sin. I was buried. And I'm raised again to offer you that forgiveness. If you would turn from your sin and turn and trust that I died for you and give up your sin and come to me and lean solely upon me, just like I said, your faith has made you well. Jesus would say, your faith has made you well. You can experience that healing today. You can experience that. But those of us who are far off can be brought near to Christ. Do you have a moment like that? Have you ever had a moment in your life where you've experienced that salvation? Man, I have. I tell you what, man, I used to tell people all the time, I got saved and I just hadn't gotten over it. I'm just one man, a very hungry man, telling other hungry people where he found bread. That's all that's happening. And I'm so thankful for what Jesus has saved me from. But then verse 17 and 18, Jesus asked three rhetorical questions designed for you and I to be reflective. Because Jesus is not asking because he doesn't know. He's asking because he wants us to know something. Jesus says, where, where are the nine? Well, where are they? I want to maybe ask you to think about this a little bit different. The Bible says that Jesus was a man who was acquainted with grief and sorrow. And I'm here today to tell you that all the grief and sorrow that Jesus experienced didn't happen at the cross. 
I believe because the original construction, there's more emphatic here in these verses when Jesus says, where the nine? I believe with all my heart that Jesus says this almost with tears in his eyes. It's almost as if I read it. Jesus is like, do people really want to take advantage of me that much? Do they only want me to heal them? Do they just want to use my gifts? Do they just want to use my mercy? Is that what they really think of me? I mean, can you enter into the heart of the humanity of your Savior just for a minute and feel the pain that Jesus may be experiencing in these verses? Where are the nine? Where are they? Didn't I heal every one of you? Where, where are the other nine? Does it not do something in your heart to hear that your Savior may be hurting? Does that not bother you? So I wonder just for a moment, would you in your, your, your prayer time right now, would you just kind of go before the Lord Jesus? Would you just offer him some comfort right now to just say, Jesus, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I'm realizing there was a time in your life where you were deeply hurt and offended by people who, who brought you pain, and that makes me hurt for you. And would you just take a moment right now just to let him know, as your Savior, as your brother, as your friend, what that does to your heart to know that he's experiencing pain in the text. Would you just take a moment to connect with Jesus that way? This is so foreign for some of us. I'm trying to help you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And when you see something, not to pass it by. Jesus is hurting. Would you just offer him some comfort right now? Would you just do that? Jesus, man, this, I'm so sorry to know that these men took advantage of you. Would you just express something like that to him? What does it do to your heart to know he's broken right here? Just take a moment and love him. Let's see, as we kind of lean in on the heart of Jesus and we offer him this comfort that he, he's sorrowful and that, that he's our Savior and we begin to love him this way, it prepares our hearts for this next step to simply say this. Are you a part of the nine? Or really are you the one? And have you got back? And I'm not just talking about on Thanksgiving. I'm not asking you what you did just on Thanksgiving. But do you have a heart of gratitude for your Savior and what he does? And could it be that Jesus this morning just kind of looked out over our audience and he says, where, where are the nine? See, here in just a few moments, Jeremy's going to come back up and we're going to sing a song during the invitation, and I'm going to give you that opportunity to say, I'm not going to let one leper outdo me. I'm not going to be a part of the nine. I'm getting back to Jesus. I'm coming back to thank him. See, this invitation time will be a time where we can just give thanks to the Lord. You can come up here and give thanks. You can stay there in your seat and give thanks. 
But I want you to praise him from a grateful heart, from a heart that's been moved by his pain when we don't thank him. And to give him thanks. And there'll be others that I'll call out today. Today may be the day you want to get up and you want to call out to Jesus to have mercy on your soul and ask him to be the savior of your your life. But see, I want you to see this. The Bible says there in verse 19, it says this. And he said to him, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. Do you know that grace works in surprising places? Do you know today that only that Samaritan heard Jesus say, your faith has made you well? He became whole on the inside as well as on the outside. But all the other ten lepers had left was just religion. You see, listen to me. I want you to understand this. I want you to hear this. I want you to just listen to me. Desperation may bring us close to Christ, but gratitude will keep you there. There's so many of us, man, when we're going through hard times, we get real desperate, we get real close to Jesus. If you want to stay close to Jesus, I'm telling you, the Bible is telling us that gratitude is what will keep you there. Gratitude. 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 So what will it be for you today? Will you get up, will you get out, or will you get back? And I'm hoping that this weekend, as we celebrate Thanksgiving, that that America would get back to her place at Christ's feet and renew the pledge to be what? An America that's about the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. So Jesus is passing by. Are you going to get up? Are you going to get out? And are you going to get back? Because if not, you may miss the master. Who wants to do a miracle in a specific moment? Jimmy, would you come? Would those who are playing today, would they come? So you guys know my heart. One of the passions that I have here as the pastor of this church is to help people understand how to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength so that you can love your neighbor as yourself. One of the ways we love God is we don't do anything for him. We just thank him for what he's already done. Thanksgiving is a way that we love God. So in this time of invitation, I'm going to ask you just to simply come and to love God by giving him thanks. Again, maybe you want to do that right there in your seat. I understand. and Nobody would think differently. But could you just muster up in your heart and to go back and to think through the things that you're really thankful for that God has done in your life? And would you give him thanks? If you've never called upon the name of the Lord Jesus to forgive you, to make you well in your soul, today would be a great day to receive the King. Amen. So won't you stand to your feet? I'm going to pray, and Justin and some others will be up here to to greet you as you come. But now let's pray and let's respond to what the Lord may have in our lives today. Jesus, we're so grateful that your word is powerful. We're so grateful that you still make lepers whole. So Father, today I pray for your grace and your mercy to sweep over us and give us gratitude inside of our hearts. It's so deep that it has to spring up today. We pray it in.